I'm Dr. David Epstein, a board-certified pediatrician with subspecialty board certification in pediatric critical care medicine. I'm a clinician and educator in pediatric intensive care and pediatric urgent care. You are listening to Dr. Dave's Pediatric Pearls podcast, a pediatric podcast for parents and those who care for kids. It is a show designed to explore children's health issues and obtain perspectives and opinions on health care from those who work in the field of pediatrics. This podcast is for parents and those who care for kids who wish to gain a better general understanding of the field of pediatrics to improve their children's health care and empower them to advocate for their children's health. Okay, uh, welcome to today's uh, podcast, Dr. Dave's Pediatric Pearls podcast. We have a special guest today uh, who is going to talk to us about dog bites. And I'd like to present Dr. Andrew Cohen. He's a plastic surgeon in our community and he's been in practice for 23 years. He specializes in cosmetic and re reconstructive plastic surgery. He did his residency in surgery and plastic surgery at Loma Linda Medical Center. And he is the past clinical chief of plastic surgery for Cedar sinai And uh, he has a special love for taking care of kids. Welcome. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Great to be here. Great. Great to have you. All right. So what we'd like to do first is just to kind of see how did you get into plastic surgery? What uh, took you down that road? Um, I uh, got into plastic surgery because I have a family of surgeons. You kind of are either a surgeon in my family or you're out of the family. Uh, is kind of what I like to say about my dad is a retired general surgeon uh, out there in Huntington Beach. I grew up in Orange County and I have three older brothers that are all surgeons. So I got to pick what kind of surgery uh, surgeon I wanted to be. And got to watch my dad uh, do a mastectomy one day. And then the cool plastic surgeon came in and reconstructed the breast. And my dad said, well, wasn't that great? I saved that lady's life. And I'm like, dad, you chopped off a woman's breast and plopped it in the pan. And then the cool plastic surgeon made a beautiful breast out of it. That's the job I want. So I got to watch at a young age, some surgery. I got to watch some facelifts and things like that. So I got into it at a very young age, probably around 16, because I got to go watch one of my dad's friends do a lot of surgery. And so for me, I've always been a little artistic and want to take care of healthy patients. And um, so that was the road for me. So, so tell me, uh, Dr. Cohen, what made you decide to take care of kids as well in your practice? Well, you know, it's interesting when you start in Los Angeles, I kind of built my practice on just taking care of kids because the ER is what I always call us because every parent in LA wants their kids sewn up by a plastic surgeon. So it's kind of like a great networking thing to do and a great way to build your practice, just sewing up kids. So that's kind of how I started in LA in 01 because there was no Instagram and there was the internet, but just no Instagram and no good way to really build up your practice. So that's how I got started. And I just realized that I love kids and I wanted them to have a good experience when they come to the ER and be sewn up because kids are scared. And if you can make a kid comfortable, you can make adults comfortable. So I think it's always great to work on kids. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who do you find it's easier to work on kids or adults? Probably kids. I would think. Why, why is that? No, I don't know. They're trusting and uh, they're cute. And I don't know. <laughs> sometimes it's just <laughs> easier. <laughs> it's sometimes easier. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's cool. Well, uh, well, since we well, you know, are, because a kid doesn't have a hasn't had a past where he's had a problem, right? So I'm like true. usually the first one to give them experience of a doctor. So that's kind of the challenge. It's like, well, if I can make this kid not cry, 
I'm going to be a real stud because then he's not going to have a bad experience. So I sometimes challenge myself. I know it sounds really silly because it's just a stitch or two on the face. We're not talking, you know, we're talking about some of these small things. I can talk about bigger dog bites too, and I will. But for the small little things, like if I can make a kid not cry, which is hard, we're talking about a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a five-year-old. And, you know, you know me, I love bicarb in the local. I put some bicarb in the local because it makes it less sting and hurt because it's less acidic. And I kind of sometimes challenge myself, like, can I get this kid numbed up without him even feeling it? Let's see how I can do today. So I kind of make it a challenge. It's kind of fun. That's cool. Well, actually, since you touched on that, that, um, and this will probably be going out to parents, what kinds of techniques, you mentioned the bicarb, but what other things do you do to, to sew up kids and to alleviate some of their discomfort uh, and some of their anxiety. Because, you know, I know we've worked together in the, right. in the urgent care and we don't do, we're not doing deep sedation on the kids. So they're awake and, you know, they're alert. Yeah, uh, I always sew up a kid awake. We put them in a papoose and we numb them up because that's really the easiest way and the most safest way. There were times in the 90s that we would do a little sedation for the kids at Loma Linda, and that was the way I trained. And then when I came out to practice, a senior plastic surgeon said to me, what are you doing? That's just crazy. You don't want to risk a kid, you know, have to give him medications and things like that. And so I've always just done it with a papoose because you really should be able to numb up a kid and, and get it done without making a big deal out of it. Now, if it's an extensive dog bite and there's a lot of work to do, yeah, you'll go to the operating room and put them to sleep and do all that, which is I've had to do once or twice in my career. But usually they're small enough that I can just do it in the emergency room. Yeah. Okay. Or or urgent care. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Okay. Well, for parents, like you, you mentioned how you do it, but what are some of the other techniques that you use that make the kids feel comfortable? Because I've seen you work, and so well, I know. We, yeah, do, we but... papoose them. We sing songs. I inject it. I, I mean, the real trick, and I hate to give away my secret, but I will for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I take my local and I squirt and I squirt and I squirt and I sit there and talk to the mom and dad for about a minute or two, like just what I'm doing right now. Before I go in with a needle, I just wash it and flush it with local. Because if you bathe the laceration with local and you just tell the kid, we're just washing, we're just washing, you're numbing it up topically. So then when you go in with a little jab, they don't feel it. So you got to bathe that wound, squirt, 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 squirt with a local. It topically numbs it up. Then you, when you go in, they don't feel it. Now, sometimes you put let on there, which is this cream that you do before I arrive. That's even better, you know, because you're preparing it for me to get there. So yeah, I mean, do the numbing cream on while the plastic surgeon's getting on his way there. That really does a lot, I think. It really does. And so that by the time I get there and I start squirting it, it's pretty numb. So then yeah. I inject it and they don't even feel the injection. Yeah, no, that, I think that's what I was getting at. Cause I've seen you do that. And I think that works great. Um, yeah. The other thing that's interesting is I want to know which song you sing. What's your favorite song? Usually the wheels on the bus. Cause okay, I can yeah, remember yeah, the remember. lyrics. Other than that, <laughs> I can't really remember the lyrics. That's good. Well, that's a good song. That's a, you know, that's a, that's an old standby. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. All well, right. You know, that's not well, Miley Cyrus, but Hey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I am. So that's very good. So that's a good introduction. So now we go to the, uh, the the dog bite. Now tell us about your approach to dog bites and some of the kinds of things that you've you've seen. What are what are some things that 
Well, let's start with that. Let's start your approach to dog bites, then we'll go do a little deeper. My approach to dog bites is it depends on how big and extensive it is, but you got to get them closed and you got to clean the wound and you got to do it in a, you know, efficient manner. There was a tough one on a gal in her thirties and she was bitten by a dog and she had already seen another ear, another plastic surgeon, and they were scared to do it. And they got a hold of me and we did it in your urgent care that night um, and got, was able to get it closed. And she looked really good. I only had to do one little reconstruction later. But um, I guess my approach is just you want to not debride any tissue that you don't know won't live. Pretty much we as plastic surgeons try to preserve as much tissue as there. Number two, sometimes it'll look really big and extensive and you can actually get it closed. It just, the tissues retract and sometimes you can just get it closed on its own before, you know, you don't have to do anything fancy. Um, put them on antibiotics. It's always good. You got to be on augmentin because it's a dog bite. Um, and there could be multiple stage surgeries afterwards. I mean, that's pretty much my approach. Yeah. Okay. So for all the parents out there who their child gets a dog bite and, and we've, we've seen a number of them and, and a number of, I guess, level of severity, which type of dog bite would be most important for a plastic surgeon to sew up? Well, if you just have, I mean, if the, if the, if the skin is gaping open, if it's just like a puncture of a tooth, I mean, anyone could wash that out and either just let it heal. It's if how big the laceration is and if it's gaping open, yeah. you know, if there's an extensive injury, then you really want a plastic surgeon. I mean, if it goes through the vermilion, this is your vermilion border. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we get called because it goes through the vermilion border, which is the line between the pink and the white of your upper lip or lower lip. So when it was going through the this area here across the vermilion border, most of the ER docs want, I mean, some of them are very capable of doing it, Cedar sinai and you are too, but sometimes they want us to get involved just to make sure it's lined up appropriately. Are there any other areas on the face that you would you would say, hey, a plastic surgeon should probably do this? Well, I had one recently that I'm in the in the process of working on, and I, I actually can't wait to show you the the finished project. Uh, I'm not ready to show it to you right now, but it's a 25 year old boy man. He's a 25 year old guy, and half his nose is gone, and mm. so he got bitten by his friend's dog. And they just sewed the piece back on, but obviously it was this, you know, left half of his nose and it just died. It turned black. So mm, it's not going to heal. I mean, I guess it was okay to put it back on, but it wasn't going to heal. So we're in the middle of reconstructing his whole nose. It's going to take at least three surgeries. I do a forehead flap to reconstruct it. And um, it's a really nice one. I'll show you some pictures. Okay. Is it? Uh, Anything around the eyes or eyelids or things like anything of, of importance around there or. Yeah. I mean, if the eye or the medial canthus or lateral canthus is the corner or the, or the lid margin is cut, you probably should get a plastic surgeon or oculoplastic either one yeah. because lining up the, the margin is hard on an eyelid. Yeah. Okay. No, that's, those, that's good. That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, and I think, I think the bottom line too is if the parent, wants a plastic surgery, the concern about the cosmetics of their child's face and how it's going to yeah. look, you know, to be able to request that if, uh, if they, if they want that kind of expertise, if they're concerned, they, uh, how their child's face is going to look afterwards. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Ears. Right. Sometimes we get called for ears. I think ears are easy, uh, yeah. because you just close the skin. It's no big deal. You got to trim the cartilage a little bit and just close it. But a lot of the ER doctors are scared about ears. Yeah. They don't scare me. I've 
sun up a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but ears are, ears are tough. Ears are tough. What should they not be worried about as far as a laceration? You mentioned a little puncture wound or something like that that was minor. But if their child gets a dog bite, what's the kind of wound that they should? Obviously, if they're concerned, they should they should see somebody. Well, if it's, get evaluated. If, it's but, if it's a scratch and it doesn't yeah. go through the dermis, it's not gaping open. I mean, yeah, you're concerned because you don't want it to get infected. You might have to still go on antibiotics. So it's good to yeah. to let the ER doctor, urgent care, look at it. But you may not need to necessarily be repaired with stitches. Okay. I mean, good. if there's just a scratch and it's not going through the dermis, you don't need a stitch. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. That's what I was getting at. So yeah, so we got a we got a good range of of what parents should be able to expect. You know, with when you uh, do a surgical repair or, or outpatient repair on their child what the important things are to look for the severity of the the laceration, what kind of things may not need surgical repair or, or suturing. Now then the last question I have with regards to this area is they've, they've been sewed up, the stitch has been taken out. What should they expect as far as recovery and scarring? And I mean, scarring takes six months to a year, but even after two months, it's going to look pretty darn Pretty good. You got to do silicone cream. A lot of parents like Mederma, but I don't. Mederma is just onion extract. There's actually no proven benefit to Mederma. So we like um, a silicone-based cream. Um, there's Biocornium, there's Stratamed. There's a lot you can get on Amazon, little silicone cream, or even break a vitamin E pill and rub it in. That can help. Even just the massaging action really helps. And you got to stay out of the sun and put sunblock on there for, um, you know, for at least a few months. You don't want to go in the sun. And people that are really white, it's going to be hyperemic. It's going to be really red for a while. And then it, it'll fade. Yeah. How, how long? Because I always get parents asking me that. How long is it red? I mean, it could be red for two to four months, even six yeah. months. It, it takes a full year for full healing. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, and then let's say um, they're concerned about it. What can you do? Because I know that you have things in your office that can take care of scarring if, if they're concerned about the way it looks, even after this period of time. What kind of things can yeah. you do to limit the scarring in your office? I just got the Cutera laser. It's really nice. It's a YAG laser for red scars. It's uh, called the Cutera laser genesis. So people do it for their skin, but it's also for scars because it goes after the red. So at month two or three, you, you know, do the Cutera laser. Alana is my nurse in the office. She's really good. Uh -huh. And she's hitting folks sort of their scars and making their skin look better. So she's really good at that. That's great. So it, it could make a really significant impact on their skin. Yeah, it gets rid of the red scars because I do a ton of breast reductions and tummy tucks and these sorts of things. And people that are really white get a really red scar sometimes. And so mm -hmm. the Cutera layers, laser has been very helpful for that, getting the red out. That's great. Okay, well, good. Well, I mean, it's, it sounds like, uh, parents who do have children who get a dog bite, they shouldn't be so fearful about the you know mild to to moderate dog bite. It sounds like they'll heal and they'll be yeah. they'll be pretty well. It's like the more severe ones, like you're talking about, if somebody has a piece of their nose taken off, I mean that's going to take a little be a little bit more involved. But they usually exactly is is so things are going to end up pretty well. Correct. Okay. I think the most extensive ones I've had in my career. I could think of three that are like major. I would say four. One, the beginning of my career was an adult, and they were not kids, they were adults. Adult, the whole cheek was gone. The one you saw, the upper lip, most, you know, I would say 20% of her upper lip was gone on that one. And then the boy, the young man I'm doing right now, the whole left nose is gone. But these were dog bites and adults, not on kids, thankfully. Um, and then a gal in her young 30s, 
uh, half of her lip. That's one I did at the beginning of my practice. And I've seen her now 20 years, 16 years later and she's doing great, but those were all adults. Yeah. Yeah. And Cause it'd be even more devastating in a child to lose, you know, something more yeah. significant. And, and just, you know, we've limited this discussion to the face usually, cause that's, you know, obviously what, uh, you know, we're concerned about the cosmetics of that. Are there any places on the body itself that you think there's a need for a plastic surgeon when it comes to a dog bite or any kind of reconstruction on the body if there was something to to happen just for parents information well i mean we've been called for legs and torso and arm but it's rare but i mean you know anyone could sell those i mean we're not as concerned with the arms or legs but some parents are yeah but i haven't had kids with dog bites on the body you know since residency, I would say yeah. since okay. the nineties, I haven't really seen it probably because the trauma team at Cedars probably just sews them up. Yeah. You know, okay. they probably just don't call us. Well, okay. So, so, uh, it seems like a majority are the, are the face, which is, you know, Oh yeah, for special. sure. That's what, and that's what concerns people the most. So you've, you've explained a lot about dog bites. You've given us some really good information. Any pieces of advice for parents regarding dog bites in general, from your perspective? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you know there's also cat bites? Oh, yes, cat bites, yes, yes. There's also parrot bites. What else? I had one, not a snake, hamster, something exotic. I can't remember. I think it was a parrot. I think I'm thinking of the parrot. Oh, wow. Oh, this is crazy when you see all the animals people get bit from. It's yeah. crazy. Like on the hand. I used to do hand stuff, too. Oh, okay. um, well, you got to just teach your kids not to grab the dogs. <laughs> you got to be careful. Yeah, yeah that's true. We got to teach our kids not to pet strange dogs and you know, we do the, do the helpful things like that. This is fantastic information. Uh, oh, I was also going to say, you know, when we sew up kids, we use all dissolvable stitches oh, so they don't have point. to be, they don't have to be removed, which is always a good thing. So you really want to ask a doc, Hey, are we using dissolvable or not? Cause it's yeah. important. You don't want to have to take out stitches out of a toddler or five-year-old or four-year-old, but we always use dissolvable stitches. That's, that's important. That's great. Yeah. So you don't traumatize them twice. You, you Correct. Do it once and then, then they're done. That's good. Correct. Yeah. We don't want to do anything like that. What do you look for? Because dog bites, you said, are at risk for infection. We put them on Augmentin. What are some of the things that you would look for, for, you know, signs of an infection that the, that the, the wound is not doing so well? You know, if a child is having pain or a fever or tenderness to the touch of it, or it's red, um, you know, you want to call your pediatrician and say, Hey, can you look at this? It's always better to call your doc and have them look at it and then make sure that they're getting the right antibiotic because you don't want an infection to spread. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Excellent. All right. We'll but be- by the way, that that's another reason why plastic surgeons do what's called interrupted sutures. We put oh. a stitch in, a stitch in, yeah. a stitch in. So if something yeah. were to get infected, you could pop a stitch and any kind of fluid could come out, by the way. Just a technical thing. That's why we don't do these fancier subcuticular like we do for a tummy tuck. We do these interrupted sutures. So if anything got infected, you pop a stitch and let the let it drain. Very good. Very that's good. actually the reason of that. Oh, if anyone nice. wants to know. Yeah, no, that's good information. Well, I mean, you've provided us with some amazing information, and I know the community appreciates that. And if somebody wants to find you, where can they find you? Pretty easy to find. I'm uh, in Encino. You go to Andrew Cohen MD on Instagram or on my website, Andrew Cohen MD, or 
TikTok. If these people are looking on TikTok, I'm there. It's my name. But, you know, mainly the website or Instagram. That's where people find us now. You could Google my name, Andrew Cohen. A lot of people just do that. And uh, you'll find me right there in Encino on Balboa. We've got a beautiful office, great operating room. So it's actually been a pleasure. Uh, Dr. Cohen, thank you so much for giving us the time. And uh, we really appreciate it. everything you, you've told us today. It's fantastic. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And uh, keep doing good work here. It's fantastic you. what you're doing. I love this. It's great to teach. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll take care and we'll uh, you got it. talk to you soon. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Dave's Pediatric Pearls. Please leave a review to help other parents and those who care for kids find this podcast so they can benefit from it just like you did. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast or want to leave ideas for future topics that you would like me to cover, please post them in the comments. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in and be safe and be well.